we were talking about natural realm and spiritual realm or in other words the realm which we can see and feel with our five senses and the realm which we can feel only by our faith or our spirit and that there are two realms and where does this warfare happen ஒருத்தர்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட்ரல்ஸ்ட
if that is all we should be doing, should we should ask ourselves, is that good enough? Like, is that a good ideology that we should only be morally right and everything else will fall in place? If you look around, it doesn't seem like so. We always have these questions, right? Why do, like, for example, let's take our own life. For example, here in America, uh, the culture has swayed in a totally different way in the recent past. Now, if you uh, look at the schools, we mentioned how the spiritual warfare in the heavenlies are being invading the natural realm, even in the school system. Like they're trying to define or change how God defined the gender, male and female. But here now it's like a gender spectrum, which means you are born into a biological body, but the gender is something you have to define later on. Like as you grow up, you need to figure out whether you belong to a particular gender, whether you are a male or a female. It's not based on your body features or biological body, but instead is something you have to figure out. So that's a idea of this culture, and it is all over the place. So in, in schools, etc., it's been propagated. So let's take an example of me. So I have three kids. Um, they are going to school. We are we happen to be in this culture. We are in US. Uh, I don't have enough money or capacity to take them to a Christian school where it, will, it won't be taught. So I'm sending them to a public school. So in the public school, definitely there will be. So I'm and I, I'm, imagine that I'm a guy who is only doing right. I believe that or being morally right, not hurting anybody. Um, that's the way should we should live in. I'm giving maybe ten percentage to charity. I'm taking care of everything. I'm a good father. I'm a good dad. Um, I'm just uh, taking care of everything. And if that's all we need, and I'm giving good education for my kids, and I'm hoping for their best, I'm trying to. I'm doing two jobs to meet their needs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is this is what go in the the world defines as a good way of life or the best parent or best person. But I can tell you that even if I do all this stuff, I'm sending my kid to a school, public school. If I drop her, school starts at 8.15. Let's say the first day of the school when she's joined is first grade, the first day of school, I happen to be late for whatever reason. And I dropped her at 8.30 when the school already started. She walked into the classroom as a last student and there was only one seat left. So she goes and sits there. The neighboring kid, we don't know who that is. I don't have any control over where she's going to sit. I didn't have any control over when I'm dropping her. So the teacher said, okay, go sit there. And she next, uh, that becomes her permanent position in the class. And the neighbor, the, the children, the child sitting next to her, let's say she came or she or he came from a LGBTQ parent um, parenting, or she has some kind of, she's going in a family where these other attributes are being promoted and they believe in that definitely my child will be influenced by that child growing up if that child become her best friend let's say those things will be coming in when she becomes a teenager these questions will be coming they will be getting the information from friends so whatever i did my all my life i was sacrificing i was trying to do the best thing be the good father who do, don't do don't hurt anybody else doing all that it is all in vain because there's no way we can control such things. That's one example. Another one, let's say I'm driving in the freeway and this guy who is, who happened to be a bad guy, maybe he went through a lot of trauma. 
he he became an alcoholic and then the day at morning at nine o'clock i started from here to my school office and he started at 9 15 from let's say 10 minutes from here and he happened to have a fight with his wife and he is now so so much anger he took a couple of drinks and started driving and we opened that okay it just happened that i took the freeway the same freeway he took and i decided to be in this lane he decided to be in the other lane and then for whatever reason he lost the control over he hit me because i was at the right moment how do i control that being the good guy um, i cannot control all. and i went through an accident which could have fatal issues and that will that's it everything i was doing in my life every 10 15 years of my hard work and good intentions are gone boom and my kids will be struggling or my family will be struggling so all these possibilities n number of possibilities can go wrong in this world even if you are trying to be the best out there right that's the reality so that's where we should question if we are smart enough to understand this we should question okay how or is there any 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 way to control is there is it just happening randomly all the stuff or is there anything behind these things analyzing whatever happened whatever happens in this world from our experience from going to retreats and analyzing many families pattern and even we may understand that there are certain families we see that accident happen very often in every generation maybe there are certain curse going on and we cannot deny the fact that that's how it is so after looking at all this stuff we if you dig deep enough, you will. You cannot deny the existence of something outside, something which is controlling this, some kind of invisible powers which is in action to prevent accidents, to cause accidents. It's all controlled beyond man's power, which is the real truth. So that's where spiritual realm comes from. That that's where spiritual realm is very important. So we need to have that understand. Whatever we are going to learn can make or break our lives. Not just our lives, maybe our kids' life, maybe our many, many, many other life we can influence in a good way. So out of all the topics we have studied, I believe this will be the very important one. All those what we studied have given you a good foundation, and now we are getting into more practical stuff. So if this is the case, wouldn't you think that this is the most important thing any human being would understand? Because let's say we are getting into a new job, like I'm planning to be an Uber driver or something, or I'm going to be a pilot. The first thing we need to do is I to get into an understanding of how, how I'm going to fly the plane, what are the rules there, what can happen, how do you communicate, all that. The whole thing you have to figure out before we start. Because it's very important. Otherwise, you won't be able to survive there. Same thing with going to war. We need to understand all the stuff. So why are we not? If the spiritual realm is where everything is being taken care of, if everything has been decided, how much do we really give importance to it? How much do we think that this is such an important thing for us to understand? That's where we should start first. Do I really, really, really believe that seriously this thing 
has an impact on my life. Not to be a preacher or not to be a proclaimer of gospel, but more than that, our individual life, our family, the people who are whom we are responsible for, we can do all those responsibilities in a much greater way by understanding the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare tactics. Or So it's more like an inner view of how things work in this world. Jesus has given all that through our Gospels, through his parables, and he has given enough information for us to understand. But the problem is, we should have that mentality. Sometimes we think that this is a religion. And then, okay, this is something we attend every Sunday. This is something we do to please some almighty God. Um, and when we die, that's when it matters. When we go to heaven or hell, that's what it's all about. So somehow we try to take up one day out of our week and go do some prayers which we have by hearted. And hopefully, and we are hoping that that's about it. That's a, that's a deception, I would say. And then we come back and we see all this problem. All Christians, all non-Christians, all atheists, they all pretty much go through the same cycles of life. So eventually, religion seems to be just a matter of choice. You pick the Hinduism, you pick Buddhism, or you, one day you become atheist. It's all fine as long as I mean, the rest is out of control anyway, right? This random chance and being lucky, etc. So you just try to be best. That's what the world tells. Or sometimes the world tells that, okay, this thing doesn't exist. This is all just hoax. Don't worry about all that. There's no hell. There's no heaven. There's no afterlife. So enjoy your life. This is what you got. You just enjoy, make more use of it. Enjoy in whatever way you can. So there are different ideologies and stuff which come came out of this thinking. And that's what's happening in this world. So we have to make a decision. Are we really serious about Jesus Christ? Did Jesus Christ came down from heaven and went through all his passion and being crucified and being resurrected and sitting at the right hand of the Father just to get to us in heaven when after, after our death? Not really. He said everything I came so that you have, can have life, life in abundance. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came so that you can have a good life in earth and in heavens. So in fact, the eternal life, eternal life means what? A life which is not going to end. Starts the moment when you come to know Jesus. It's not after your death. It starts right here. Any time when a person comes to know Jesus and proclaims his faith in Jesus Christ, immediately he starts the eternal life. It starts here and it continues to heaven. So it's not like one life ends and then goes. It starts here, which means you become the sons of God the moment you go, come to know Christ. You become citizen of heaven, which means you started living there. Because once you're citizen, that means you are part of that world. Bible says that the moment you proclaim your kingship to Christ, you became sons of God, daughters of God, and you are a citizen. You are an ambassador of Christ. You have rights. You have authority. Which means I already started living. Where? In the spiritual realm too. Now we came to this point. Even though every human being has a spiritual aspect to him and a natural aspect to him, 
definitely every human being is living in the natural world. In our body, they are alive and they are doing a lot of stuff. But not all human beings are alive in the spiritual world. The spirit is as if it's dead. They exist in spiritual world, but they are as if they are dead. Do you get the point? They exist in spiritual world, but it's as if they are dead. Remember the definition of dead? Or let's take a step back. Do you, do you think your spirits are alive? Why? No, it is alive. Spirit, spirit. We all are alive for sure. Natural body, but in spiritual realm. Is our spirits alive? We learned about the strong body. We studied this. Our spirit is alive now. Yeah, because Holy Spirit. Why? When the in depth. Yeah, because we that thing that mind body so mind so. body. A mind is right. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about a different human being, which we all are so crazy about. Jesus Christ. He was a human being too, right? He was hundred percent human. So, what was the difference between Christ and a normal human being? Before Christ, any human which was born, Christ is the, uh, I mean God as well as he was son of God. Man. Yeah, but he he gave up all the divinity and came down. So he kind of, when he was born, he was just he was just like any other human being. But there was a difference. He had the spirit. We created by God. Why, why do we consider Mother Mary as immaculate? Right? There was no sin in her. Why, why, why do we need that condition? She didn't have the original sin. Uh, sin. Why? why Why? did God keep Mother Mary like that? Was it to purify her? No. It was for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Why? So Jesus comes into the world without sin. sin. So that he through have him, sin. we have salvation. Of course, yeah. But remember Blameless. The whole, uh, whole Blameless. Lamb, lamb without blemish. Yeah, exactly. Defect. Exactly. But, Any defect. But remember, I'm talking about the body, soul, spirit of Jesus Christ versus the body, soul, spirit of a non-Christian or a person before Jesus. What happened when Adam sinned? Spiritually, so he banished. Yeah, banished from... If you eat from this fruit, you will be? Dead. 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 So, spiritual knowledge. God. Good. So did God's word doesn't change, right? He said he will be dead. And did they die when they eat it? No, no they died in the spiritual realm. So they always remember man has two aspects, the spiritual aspect and the natural aspect. The natural aspect. And when they had disobeyed or when they committed the sin, what happened? The spiritual aspect died. Right. They broke the covenant with God. Right. So the natural aspect still continued for a time being, like 100 years or 200 years in that time. So now, now we have to define what is death. Death is the ability yeah. to uh, respond to the surroundings where we live in, right? To interact with the surrounding environment. If somebody kicks me, I feel the pain, right? So if I talk, we can hear all that stuff. But when I'm dead, that doesn't mean my body disappeared. The body is still there, right? That body. But it's which is defined dead because it lost all the capabilities to interact with the surroundings. It doesn't have any more response to 
things happening in that ecosystem. Even if I kick a dead body, he doesn't feel the pain. In fact, we don't even call it a he. It's like body, dead body, like that. It is not about a person. So if spirit, if death is defined as inability to continue in that ecosystem, to function in that ecosystem, what is spiritual death? The spirit doesn't vanish. The spirit is still there, but spirit lost the ability to function and move in the spiritual realm. realm right? So you have to make, you have to be very sure about it. You should not forget this again. So when Adam sinned, we lost the ability, or Adam and Eve lost the ability to function in the spiritual realm, which would also mean in the kingdom, they were in the kingdom of God, where they were able to walk with God, they were able to receive everything from God. Adam was to, we were able to define and name every creation God created, which means he shared in the glory of God. Everything was, they were one with Father, I would say. They were one with Father, they were sharing the glory. They knew everything God knew. God was the golden source for them. At the moment, they disobeyed, they lost that capability. They, they lost that oneness with God. And they became mere human being with a dead spirit. So from Adam to Jesus Christ, that was the condition. So we inherited all that. Every human being who was born after that have a spiritual aspect to him, but it is dead. He, he doesn't understand anything spiritual. Or he cannot interact with God. He cannot go back to the true source of life. Or he cannot go back and eat from the tree of life again. Because it's guarded, I would say. Like it's it's kind of the separation from God, in other words. So when Jesus came, in order to make a sacrifice or make an amendment of what has happened in that Garden of Eden, which would mean Jesus or God has to reverse the spiritual death. Right? That's what the after effect. God should be able to reverse the spiritual death happen to human beings and somehow make the spirit come back alive and be one with him. That's the repair work or in order to bring it back. Because God promised even in that Genesis that I will send someone, that he will crush your head and then everything will be redeemed back. So that plan, the uh, the summary of that plan is that after whatever plan they have, uh, after the blueprint is executed, man should be able to be spiritually alive and being regaining that ability to be one with God and share in this glory. So that's the plan Father has. So Father does what? He sends his son. But when the son arrives, son is arrived, in Old Testament time, we have shadows. We discussed about this before. In, in Old Testament time, God is picking a certain generation, a certain um, certain nation, Israel. Israel, through Abraham, and slowly started giving them spiritual insights into his plan by giving them shadows, not directly speaking, okay, this is what I'm going to do, but instead he gave shadows so that when we look back, we'll understand. He said, okay, we had to have sacrificing animals so that when the blood is shed, the sin will be remission and then God will be able to work with them. But always they kept saying, the Messiah is going to come. These are all shadows. When the true Messiah comes, he will be an unblemished lamb of God, without blemish, without sin, without, without a spiritually dead part of him. 
So when Jesus came, he came as a human being with a spiritually life, alive part to him. His spirit was not alive. dead. He was alive, which means he is a human being who is able to be one with God. He is His spiritual side is able to function in the spiritual realm. He can share in the glory of God. All that is already there. And then he willingly gives up his existence so that there's a new door open. Like I am the door. I'm the door through with, without through without me or coming going through me. You cannot approach the Father. That's what Jesus said. Or he is the only name given to everyone in the human race to go back to eternity. It doesn't matter which religion, how much good you are doing. Nothing in this natural realm can produce an effect which will make you spiritually alive. No matter how much scientifically we try, how, how much scientifically we advance, no matter what kind of religious rituals you do, no matter how much charity you do, how much meditation and yoga or whatever you do, those doesn't have the capacity to give life to your spirit. That's why we are so sure that only through Jesus Christ, who came down and gave up his life for our sins, so that now there is an open door for any human being. See, it's not specific to the Israelis. It is like any human being who is born with a body, soul, and a dead spirit. Now there is a new way to regain spiritual life. What is the new way? How do we regain it? Yeah, but, but how? But they have to? So remember, what is in the spiritual realm? How do we get into the natural realm? What is the link? Faith. Faith. faith is the channel between spiritual realm and the natural realm. Anything which is in the spiritual realm, in order to manifest that in the natural realm, we need to exercise faith. So same thing, Jesus Christ has achieved this thing. It's a new door opened. Anyone can get it from Christ. Through what? He is in spiritual realm, through faith. So anyone in this natural realm who is able to understand that this is the truth, and when he accepts and when we confess by his mouth that Jesus Christ have come down and he was God and he gave up everything for me and he came down, he went through all the passion and he died for me and on that cross he took my sins and curses and now that he, then he resurrected on the third day, he went up, up to the heaven and he seated at the right hand of the Father and because of him, I am considered righteousness. When I believe in my heart, when I declare that, I declare the faith and that opens up a channel from the spiritual realm to that natural man. And what happens through that channel? What we happens to that channel? Our, our spiritual realm opens. We are alive. The Holy Spirit comes down. The Spirit of Jesus Christ comes down and it He gives life to our spirit. And that happens in baptism. That happens in the moment Anyone proclaim Jesus Christ as God when he accepts him as the Savior, that's what happens. So we all are baptized. So our spirits got renewed. We became able to, we came up into a life again from through Jesus Christ. 
that's that's how it's important so much important that we should baptize that's why on an older generation they were very keen to baptize the child the moment they were born so they don't want to wait because if the child dies before the baptism they knew that the spirit will not be alive right so we continue to live in spirit so the moment you get baptized moment we proclaim jesus christ we start our eternal life that moment because our spirit became alive so as christians we all are having the spirit. spirit we are spirit not having we are spirits who are alive in where alive in the, in the spiritual, spiritual world. so okay so the, you get that point right we are alive in the spiritual realm last last session we understood that every human being has a spiritual aspect and the natural aspect now we are understanding that it's not just that we are having a natural aspect and spiritual aspect. In natural realm, every human being is alive. But in the spiritual realm, those who accepted Christ is alive. Which means we are able to do and function something in the spiritual realm. That's what we are going to learn. Remember, I was talking, giving you examples of things which can go wrong even if we do everything right in the natural realm. Now, and we came to understand that somehow we had to get into the spiritual realm, understand it and do something there. But if we are not alive in the spiritual realm, what can we do? Nothing. We cannot even function in the spiritual realm. But now we understand that we are alive in Christ in the spiritual realm. If you read the Bible, there's this verse, maybe homework, you can take it. Find the Bible verse which says, Jesus Christ became a life-giving spirit. Which means he became a spirit. Spirits exist in the spiritual realm. He became a spirit who is able to give life. That was the entire purpose of Jesus coming down and becoming Christ. So always remember Jesus and Christ is not the last name. Two different positions. Jesus is a savior and Christ is a anointed one who redeemed us. So he is Christ now. He became a life-giving spirit by everything he went through this world. The decisions he made in this world and Willingly, he took the cross and he died for us. He gave up his life. He didn't even die. He gave up his life So for us. And then he became a life-giving spirit, which means he's able to give the same fruit of the tree of life, which Adam and Eve were not able to get, eat after their sin, because it was guarded by cherubs. Right? Now we are able to receive life from Jesus Christ, which means he is the tree of life. And we are freely able to eat from the tree of life now we understand the spiritual realm. Right? Now we accept Jesus Christ. He is giving us the same fruit. So it has such an importance, such an implication. So that's exactly what the Bible says. God loved us so much so that he gave his own son. Whoever believes in him will have, have life. eternal life. Yeah. Right. Eternal life. I came to give you life in abundance. So the promise is life. And we received it at our baptism. And now we need to, now we are understanding that we received it in the baptism, but all the almost 99% of Christians, they don't even understand that they are alive in spiritual realm. They are alive. They are born into spiritual realm. They are born again. They are spiritually babes in Christ. But then they don't realize that in the natural realm, which is a big problem. Because see, now we are we are like a hybrid, right? We are in the natural realm and the spiritual realm. Both need to function together to in order to progress 
So if you don't have the faith and hope in the natural realm, you won't be able to understand this. So that happened when Jesus Christ crucified and he went through all the, he accomplished his plan, God's father plan. But now, coming back to the spiritual warfare, there is this enemy, the kingdom of darkness, who are completely defeated at Christ, Christ's death in the cross. Their plan until then is completely wiped out. They have no idea what to do now. Because now there is a new door opened into the spiritual realm through which any human being, it doesn't matter whether it is Jew or not, any human being, if they come to this knowledge that Christ was God and he suffered and he now he is able to give them life eternal, anyone can go and get it. What can they do? Nothing. And they are not able to prevent or destroy this new channel Christ opened. They have to do something in the natural realm so that these people will not be able to understand it. These people will not be able to seek it. Even if they hear about that, they will think that this is not true. That was their only option. And for the last 2,000 years, from the time Christ died, they have to come up with new plans, new strategy in the spiritual warfare. So spiritual warfare is different after the death of Christ. From whatever happened in the Old Testament, is not the same spiritual warfare now. It's a new ball game. Now they are after our mindset. Faith and hope in Christ should not happen in anybody's life. If that, if they achieve that, they win. Because only through that they can spiritually progress and lead other people into Christ. So that's a basic understanding. If we don't have this basic understanding, then everything becomes more religious and then some kind of spiritual funda. We, it is very practical. So understand that this is much more important. So now I kind of mentioned what is the tactics or the spirit, uh, the strategy of the enemy in the spiritual warfare. What is the strategy? Can you tell me what is the strategy? Basic strategy. That we should not believe in Christ. We should. Uh, we should. He wants to wage right. war. He wants to wage war. But well, how is it wage war? How how can he win? The only way we just explained he right. Plans. His attempts. Our yeah. nine blocking strategies. Mind blocking strategies and our uh, direction to worldly, worldly, uh, natural uh, thing, not in the spiritual side. Right. Anything which will divert you from spiritual. Yeah. Understanding the right uh, or uh, or figuring out that there is this way of living eternal life through Jesus Christ. If that knowledge doesn't go into my heart, then he wins because I will never choose that path. It's more like the tricks we use, right? So today we went to the pumpkin patch and my little one, Daniel, he was very adamant about going into the slide. He took him there. He did three times. He wanted to go again and again. So he's very adamant about knowing and enjoying or experiencing the slide. So what what do we do? Like he is just a two, three-year-old kid. He said, okay, you know what? We have ice cream. We are going to buy ice cream. Do you want to come or not? So I'm so then what, are, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to distract him to be a, to something else so that he will lose focus. He will lose focus. And he agreed. And we went and have ice cream. Same thing. Same stuff they are doing. In order for us, some, us, in order for us to miss the right thing, a lot of distractions are being put in place. Or he created a world 
where people's mind will be so occupied that they will not have time for fi finding out all this truth. Or they will, even if they hear about this stuff, because someone is going to preach the gospel, someone is going to figure this out and going out and preach it. And church is there too. So they came up with the idea, uh, stuff like which will make it look like a uh, lie or something inferior or something of all time that you don't need to listen to. These are all, there's no need of faith. There's no need of spiritual practices. These are all hoax. Everything is science. It's all based on reasoning and logic. Uh, this existed before scientific advancement, etc., etc. There are many things. So if you look at into the current world we are living in, there's so much noise. Let's start calling them noise, okay, for the lack of a better term. There's so much noise in this world that we will not listen. We will not be able to listen to our shepherd's voice. So Jesus is always calling out, but we are unable to identify and recognize his voice. Why? There's so much noise created by many, many things. So spiritual warfare, the essence is shut down all other noises. That's it. Shut down every other distraction and then listen to God. So in order to achieve that, what do we need to do? That's the essence of spiritual warfare. Not some deliverance ministry or exorcism. So some people think that that's what spiritual warfare is. It is not. Because that deliverance and exorcism is all happened in the cross. And there is a place for it. We'll come to that. But people primarily think that the moment they get take about spiritual warfare, they have this idea that, oh, we are going to get up in the morning and face demons and then do mandras and all that. No, no. It's very basic. It's about focusing your mind on Christ. Whatever is needed to be done for that is spiritual warfare. So it will be different for each of us. But, but we need to understand the strategy of the enemy. If we are able to put faith, if we are able to put focus on Christ, then we are winning. So enemy will try to do whatever in his might to distract that, to uh, take away that time you are spending. So that's a spiritual warfare and this strategy. This has to be established in our mind very, very firmly. This is the base from where we are operating from. This is the foundation from we should be operating for them. Then it all makes sense. Otherwise, the problem right now in the Christendom is like spiritual warfare topic. We talk about, oh, you know what? On the one side, we have angels. On the other side, we have demons. And these are the hierarchy of demons. There's a demon for that. There's a demon for this, demon for that. This And now you are being haunted. You are being possessed and influenced. We have to get rid of it. This is the weapons. This is the fight. It doesn't have any practical uh, practical Practically, it's very hard. It will pull you into fear. You will be in fear. Uh, your life will be based on fear of these demons. So they will be easily attacked because we all will be easily attacked because we don't understand the truth. We, our war, first of all, remember the war, we are not, the actual war is happening between God, this all, I would say the kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light. Right, and they are they are they are waging war for our soul. So we are kind of victim, or like we are having a place, but not the war is actually we don't need to fight the war. We just need to take a stand. 
either with kingdom of light or kingdom of darkness. So anything and everything which we do to make our stand in kingdom of God is spiritual warfare. Then we are winning. If you are in the shelter of the Most High, with the shadow of the Most High, you, you are safe. There's no more war. So every effort, everything which we do in the natural realm to keep us in the kingdom of God, to make sure that we are keeping not keeping one foot in the kingdom of darkness and one other foot in the kingdom of light, it can be defined as spiritual warfare in practical terms. So we need to figure out our, our own warfare strategy because the war, war is different for each and everyone. There might be guidelines and principles which applies for everybody, but each each of our lives is different. How, how the kingdom of darkness is able to manipulate our mind until today, because we are coming to this knowledge after we are 30 or 40 years old, or more 50 like years old. So all these years, pretty sure our mind is being swayed in both directions. So there are kingdom of light elements in us, our mind, the kingdom of darkness elements in our mind. So now it's up to, now that we have this knowledge that spiritual warfare is about positioning me in the kingdom of light. We need to go back into our mind and in our life and understand where do I stand? What are, where do I have one foot in this kingdom of darkness? That's, that's different for each of us. And then once we identify that, we need to have a foot uh, put, put against moving that leg into the right place. That's it. And we have so much help for that. We have, so how do we take our position, which we have placed in kingdom of dark and move into the kingdom of light is what we are going to learn. That's all. There's nothing to be feared about here. There's no point of being afraid of certain things going to happen in our life, etc. Those are all lies from the kingdom of darkness. So understand this. Our, there is nothing to be worried about. There is no big deal about this thing. It's all about changing our lifestyle, changing our decision making, and then applying it our life. And you will see the change. And it is amazing how it will change. Now you will under, come to understand that things are in your control. It's not in some anointed brother's control. It's not in other, some uh, some other. Uh, supernatural events control. It's not about being gifted by the Holy Spirit, all that. We just need to start exercising our rights. In the Bible, it says, God says, my children, they are lost because of what? Because they are sinning? No. no. no lack that, of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack, lack of, of knowledge. knowledge. So that's what we are lacking. And if we are being lost because of our lack of knowledge, how do we gain Christ? By Knowing him by yeah. having acquiring more knowledge about our life. That's exactly what we are doing now. We are we came to have a lot of knowledge now today that we exist in both spiritual and natural world. We are alive in spiritual world because we believe in Christ and He made our spirits alive. Yeah. Uh, and spiritual warfare is about the strategies, kingdom of darkness plays in spiritual realm, and that has immediate effects in the natural realm. And we are surrounded in we live in the natural realm. Now we need to need to figure out what are the different areas where we are influenced, attacked, and being positioned in the kingdom of darkness, and then take the necessary actions to move ourselves into the kingdom of light. That's the essence of spiritual warfare in a nutshell. 
Okay, that's a lot of information, um, 10.30. So remember, one more, one more thing, if you give me like five more minutes, this is more important as well. So fear has no place in kingdom of light. Okay, in kingdom of light, can you tell me any incident where anything was done out of fear? Nothing. Angels, never fear. Jesus, God, never fear. And what does God tell every time when he is anointing somebody, like Joshua? He, I am with you. Do not fear. Right? So that's the first condition. Do not be afraid. And he sometimes says that if you are afraid, I will make you. I will destroy, I will let uh, you be destroyed by the enemies. Because it's more like saying that if you are afraid, I cannot be with you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Or I can or I can rephrase it. Be afraid, I won't be with you. Right? Or be afraid, I cannot be with you. Because again, remember when I when God is saying I am with you, that's the spiritual realm. God is with us. He is going to be acting in the spiritual realm on our behalf. In order to receive that activation of all his activities, his blessings. In the natural realm, what do we need? The only channel is by faith. Now, let me give you a couple of scriptures. It's very important. And I really want you to understand that fear is the foremost enemy. Never ever operate from a fearful mind. Can you remember um, some of the incidents in the New Testament with um, Jesus Christ and maybe disciples where God talked about, Jesus talked about faith or fear? Jesus, while uh, praying, right, when he was like, he knew that uh, he will be crucified, he will in be, the garden of Gethsemane. yeah, he sweat, he sweat the, he had that fear. Then he immediately said, Lord, if it's your will, like, take this cup of my. Right, he had some, we don't know what it is, but he sweat his blood, right? Blood, yes. Yeah, but I'm I'm referring to another one where disciples were. Yeah, you know, Peter, the Peter, Peter, he says, no, the, the faith of, uh, sorry, the person of little faith, why do you fear? Why, why the, when he tried to walk on the water and he drunk right. it drowned. Correct. And even when that, that storm came, when the, when mm -hmm. that, I mean, the storm came, yeah. Correct. So let's me, let's see those two incidents. And also, brother, uh, when Peter betrayed three times. That was not, that was... No, 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 no. Before that, he feared because he was questioned that you were with Jesus Christ. And also, he was like, that time he was betraying, right? It was in with fear, he was betraying Jesus. Yeah, he was in fear. But there was some direct, um, direct mentioning of fear and faith from Jesus on his own mouth. These are the two incidents which uh, they mentioned already. One is when Peter walks over the water. The other one is when the storm coming. Okay, so let's figure out where Matthew 14. Verse 30 and 31, I believe. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink cried out, Lord, save me. Yeah, keep reading. 
Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Why did and you when... doubt? That's good enough, yeah. So, see, there are a few things happening here. Peter was already walking. Peter saw Jesus Christ. He was focusing on Jesus and in his amazement. Imagine, like, try to be Peter in that scenario, right? This is a good way of understanding or remembering things. If you were Peter, you put ourselves in Peter's shoe. They were in the middle of the sea. There's a storm happening. So already we are super scared. We don't know what's going to happen. Jesus is without, I mean, last time when the storm happened, Jesus was with us. So he was able to save us. Now Jesus is not here. We are alone. And then we don't even know, but we also saw that Jesus rebuked the wind, cursed it as if it's a person. So maybe this is some kind of demonic activity, more like a spiritual warfare, fear thing. And maybe they're thinking, maybe I'm thinking, I'm just putting my words into his mouth. So I'm thinking, um, as Peter, it seems to be a demonic attack. Maybe we are going to perish and Jesus is with, not with us. That's the right time. Jesus is not here. So they have, they are attacking us. We are going to perish. Don't know what to do. Then he sees a ghostly figure. Some kind of demonic figure walking towards him. Like, oh, this must be a ghost or something. He's like super scared. So I'm filled with fear. I'm super anxious. And then that figure says that, okay, I'm Jesus. I'm your Lord. And we came to realize that Jesus. And now it, the fear has completely vanished. We are in amazement that Jesus is walking over the water towards us. And now it's a feeling of peace that he's with us. Now we are fine. We are saved. No problem over the storm and all that stuff. But it's also an amazement that he's walking over the water. There's mixed emotion, but it's all good emotions. And I'm in that emotion now, like, I want to walk like that. And he's like, come over. And that's the mentality. His mind is completely focused on Jesus. He doesn't have anything else. He's like lost in the sight of Jesus Christ. And he slowly started walking. Then this happens. Okay, that's when, can you read again? Then something happened. Yeah, and when so they what? climbed into, and they when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then no, those were that, in, read that same, same thing again on verse ah, thirty. Okay. Uh, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, right. "Lord, save me!" He, he saw the, the wind. The wind. His focus focus changed. Right. Yeah. right. So it's all all about his mindset, right? We all have that kind of moments in our life when we are like amazed and overjoyed with certain things right like we are like wow lost in focus we are lost in that and the moment something else happened oh we change that oh we come back to reality that kind of moment so peter is also having that kind of moment for a split second he got his amazement amazing jesus walking over that and he is lost in that thought and then he's stepping he is disconnected from the reality he's disconnected from the natural world and he's walking and then he saw, he came back to the reality and the winds are blowing and what am I doing? I'm in the water. Right? And in, and that, when he see that sense, what did what happened to his mind? He was afraid. He saw, and that produced an emotion yeah, in yeah. his mind or a mental state where it, he was afraid or fear came into his mind. So what happened to the faith? The faith is gone. Now we are looking at natural realm. That connection with Jesus is gone. Jesus was not able to it hold him in the, or something like that. So he cut down that channel and the moment he sinks down. Then he's like, why did you doubt, Peter? 
So what was the reason why he was not able to follow the footsteps of Jesus? Little because faith. Because he doubted. Doubt is like not sure about certain things. Correct? Correct. So his mindset just changed and it flipped like switch. The same Peter was walking, now he's down. Did he become more holy or less holy? No. Did he become less loved by Jesus Christ or more loved by... No. Nothing changed. It's the same Peter, the same Jesus Christ. The only thing changed is what was in, in his mind. In his mind. Leave faith. Those are buzzwords. I'm telling like in reality what happened. In his mind, he became having an emotion in his mind. A feeling in his mind. And that changed everything. See the importance of your mind. You saw something and then you you saw something in the natural and you and the natural response of that is being afraid because he was trained like that. He was a normal human being. And anybody will be, he will be also will be scared at that moment. So why did Jesus allow this to happen and why, why, why did he walk over the water, right? First of all, is it like he's doing a magical trick? No. So that we will understand this today. So that people, when they go through it, he will reveal all the spiritual secrets. That's why everything is written and happened at that time. It's not like a show show business he was running. So today we understand that everything which happens in your mind has a big effect on the spiritual realm. So imagine if this is true, what is in your mind today? Everything which is going in your mind will make or break you. What is in your mind about your kids? What is in your mind about your children's future or immediate future? What is in your mind about your past? What is in your mind about your that particular person who hurt you? This particular person who cheated you? What is in your mind about your own spiritual state? Are you guilty of sins? Are you not having even enough you, do you think that Jesus will not forgive you because you are doing the same sins again and again? Do you have a thought in your mind that you are you don't know anything about spirituality? You, do you have a thought in your mind that I'm not good enough? I'm old, I'm frail, I don't have, have this any sickness. I don't have the gift of spirituality or gift of Holy Spirit. These are all things which goes in your mind and it has a direct impact on how you walk in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm. If you are scared about your child's future, their future will be destroyed. If you are fearful that something will happen in your when you drive, that will happen. Oh, Same thing. If if you are still holding on to some thoughts from past, oh, why did I end up in this marriage? Why did I choose that person? Your marriage and your life will be miserable. So. It has a lot of spiritual implications right now in our life, whatever we learn today. So watch your thoughts. Watch what is going on in your mind. And analyze. Put it down in a paper. That's the real homework which you will... I mean, if you do this homework right, if you do this homework right and then take the steps to fix what is broken, this will be a milestone in your life. Not just in your life, Maybe this can even turn into such a milestone in your generation and even in the in many people's lives. 
if you listen if you hear the voice of god today harden not your hearts then things will change for your betterment for the world's betterment for the advancement of kingdom of god in many people's life so today's homework or this week's homework is this go back and and scan your mind as if it's an mri scan of of your entire life what is in your mind your mindset your whatever what is your holding on to the past from the past what is your current mentality about spiritual realm or in future are you hopeless are you having this issue this person is torturing you still in your mind all that stuff you have to plot it in your i would call it like i don't know what like your blueprint of your mental state and i, I understand that this is what deciding and defining your life right now based on this blueprint you plotted things are moving certain areas kingdom of light has success to so those areas are trying to keep you in the right way certain areas there is kingdom of darkness has success to and that is slowing down or destroying or eating into so this is like one giving you life and life in abundance the other side giving you eating into your life taking away killing and destroying and stealing things so both depending on the gra uh, gravity or gra depending on the measure on both sides you may see progress or you may see down downward hill right so this is the balance so who is responsible for your life now mind ourselves we ourselves and we need to take that responsibility never think that if that changes if this person changes if jesus comes down and he show up in my room nothing was going to change everything is in our hands our lack of knowledge have made a mess of our life now we have knowledge a little bit with whatever we have let's apply it and definitely you will change you will see the difference because it's a spiritual principle and it is truth and things will change so if you see a problem in your business there's definitely something going on in our life where the kingdom of darkness has access to we just need to figure it out and we need to agree should be man enough and woman enough to agree that we made mistakes we may we mess up here we don't know anything we have pride all that is there we are natural people so just being open to god open to ourselves for giving ourselves and learning the knowledge with the, with the, with the understanding that christ can change anything because he has authority do you know why other religions are not going to save anybody it's not because the religions are not bad they are they all are pointing to god they are all are trying to make man in the right direction but no matter how much we try like we discussed nothing can give you spiritual life life with spirit cannot be made alive other than by god himself who came down and now opened up a new path so christ is the only way any human being can go back and have eternal life to restore his life so let us focus on that this is much more this is the most important thing in our life it is the most important thing in our kids life this is the most important thing in our family our society our world so let's give some time this week we have 7 days 24 hours how much are we willing to take that effort to plot it down do you really really think that this is very serious then then we will take so you can 
look at yourself and analyze yourself because I'm pretty sure that we may not be able to do this. There will be something or other which will prevent it. Why? Because we are fallen. We are fallen. We That's how ourselves, our body, our flesh, the kingdom of darkness in our mind, don't want us to be redeemed. Don't want to lose their control. So they will do as much as they want. By giving you thoughts. Always remember, it's not about having some bad attack or something. It's more like he will just put laziness into your mind. He will distract you with something else. He will say, okay, you, he will make you so busy. He will make you sleepy. So that you will, the moment you try to put it down, you are so sleepy. Or your kid will run away or do something. Or something will broken. He will do everything in your his might. It's very interesting if you take it in that sense. The ways which they will try to distract you. It's unimaginable. That's why every time when you have a retreat, I don't know if you have this experience, but Brother Raji and all, all of us, whoever has traveled with Brother Raji or been to the retreat, you will see something will be out. When when we are trying to <clears throat> preach, I remember one time in a youth retreat, I was trying to project about I think, spiritual warfare only, or maybe science or some topic. And the projector screen became ultra, like it's all inverted. And nobody can read or anything. If they were trying their best, they couldn't fix it. So I had to preach without the project. Simple thing. We may think that, okay, that's just a natural some technical error. But why is it happening at the right moment and it, we cannot fix it? Or when we are in, sometimes uh, speakers won't work properly. I have seen Brother Raji going around and praying for the speakers, first of all. Right? We won't think that kingdom of God or the spiritual realm can affect objects it can that's why jesus said if nobody is going to worship these stones will worship but anyway those are deep topics but realize that this is very important and expect some distractions and then you have to do what you should pray when you don't feel like praying when you should go back and write this when you don't feel like writing it you so Encourage yourself. Find some reason to get this down in your paper. Use code language or whatever you need to so that other people won't get to understand what's going on in your mind. And then next session, we will pray over them. We will try to go through instead of the word of God, we want to continue with practical aspects. So we will look at the weapons which we can use. And then you guys will pray on your own plotted mental graph each area where we need to fix things. And let's see what will happen. So thank you for giving me 15 more minutes and have a wonderful day. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the wisdom you are giving us. Heavenly Father, you are training us. Your hands train us every day in the spiritual battle. Everything which we understand today, every seed you have sown into our mind, Father, help us to keep it. Help us to make it grow, make it fruitful. In the next seven days, Father, help us to understand it much more. Holy Spirit, you're asking your help to reveal everything which should not be within our mind, then which should not be within our life. We declare complete victory in Jesus' name. And I bless them by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
their homes, their cars, their business, their mind going forward all seven days. Let them be protected by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ and may angels guard them around their home, around their house, around their workplace, around their cars, vehicles, wherever they're traveling. May angels accompany them and let the war be always victorious in their side. The mighty and wonderful name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Thank, Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.